This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. This is Sam. I'm Josh. <laughs> and on this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> loopy Graphically Novel. Take who knows how many now. We're going to stop recording late, fellas. But we are continuing Hawkeye Month with Hawkeye Volume 4, Rio Bravo. Or as we decided, pre show. Hot guy harder. Um, <laughs> there's no defending the pick. Just, we're, we're so excited about the Hawkeye show coming out on Disney Plus. We just decided to do the entire fraction run for a whole month. And um, spoilers for the grades, it's been awesome. Um, I, I I had read I, I got on the on the Hawkeye train as this thing was was coming out. I didn't catch it from the very first uh, issue, but I, I was on board before the end, and it's been really fun. Digging back into it. Good time. Now, y'all had, neither one of y'all had read any of these before we reviewed Hawkeye Volume 1 the first time, dude. Yeah. I had nope. not. Well, you're welcome. Thanks. Yep. All right. You want to give us some grades? Let's just dig into it. All right. All right. So it's time for the live action Batman grades. This is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live action. And from best to worst, that scale is Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. <clears throat> and <laughs> to do the brotherly conceit of the rotation, um, I'm going to go first. We're pretending it's Josh's pick, I guess. Um, this is a bell for me. Um, it's just it's the it's the final you know, installment in the, one of my favorite series. Um, and I feel like you know there's been a lot of build up and fraction lands the plane on almost all all fronts and you know he sticks the landing so yeah, definitely a bill for me uh, no, i agree I, I i was waffling back and forth and i i won't give it a bell too i'll, I'll screw with jamie i i liked it so much and i think they just wrapped it up real nicely it was just a like you said a nice closure to the story yeah well i was in between and uh i'm gonna go affleck I'm, I'll drop it down one. That's Blue. what you wanted to say, Sam. I'll say it for you. That's uh, where I was at. There's a yeah. reason why, too. We'll get into yeah. it. But still a really highly recommended Affleck. Like, that's a good grade, and it's on the high side of Affleck. Like, you should you should read this whole series. <laughs> I'm shaking my head in disgust. Yeah, I know. Which is great for an audio medium here. <clears throat> We'll have to get into it. I mean, I, I I would probably drop down to an athlete if we had to count that first issue we skipped. Because it was a bunch of nonsense. But I'm not counting it because I skipped it. <laughs> Just pretending it doesn't exist. I pre-read and I read it, so. Sorry about it. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I, might, I might have a thought about that when we do the uh, pyramid. We'll get there. Uh, so the creator credits are basically the usuals for the for this series. It's written by Matt Fraction, art and the covers were by David Aja and Francesco Francavilla, colors by Matt Hollingsworth and Francesco Francavilla, and letters by Chris Iliopoulos and David Aja. He did some letters on issue 19. Interesting. <laughs> well, this is the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. If you hear the spoiler klaxon, it is full spoilers ahead. Venture on at your own risk.
It's time for the bite size breakdown. Okay, I have issue twelve, titleless issue twelve. Uh, Barney Barton has shown up in town looking for Clint. He has some run-ins with the tracksuit Draculas, who think he's homeless and try to abuse him for a laugh. But Barney surprises them and me, and beats the snot out of them. Then in flashbacks, we see that they that he and Clint had a rough home life growing up. Their dad was an abusive alcoholic, but Barney took care of Clint. Was a good big brother to him. Kind of. Later, we see that their parents died in a car crash. And then the issue ends with a brotherly reunion. Right, so issue 13, the you in funeral. Okay. <laughs> You're already cross-eyed from trying to read your own handwriting. Uh, I may screenshot that face and have it be the episode art. <laughs> I should have read this again before I got on the show. But anyways, we're going to learn this together. All right, so 13. <laughs> this uh, hot guy can't spell a word, and he's, can I? So he calls somebody. He helps, he helps the Avenger ladies on a mission and gets a concussion. Clint is back home at the crime scene of, of Grill's murder. Later that night, he, he may have drank too many beers and got a call from his brother, Barney. He is awakened by the police knocking on the door the next morning. Police are wanting to see if he could answer some questions. Later, Clint and Kate go to Grill's funeral, and Clint falls asleep while Kate is talking about how she'll always be there for him. After the funeral, Clint is back home, and Barney shows up. Clint and Barney go to the roof and meet all the neighbors, and Grill's dad is grilling hot dogs for everybody. All right. Issue 15, titled Fun and Games. The tracksuit Draculas catch Clint with his pants down. We get a flashback of Bobby doing some research and explaining what a pain in the butt Clint is to the tracksuits. Back to present, and Barney jumps in and helps speed up the tracksuit Draculas. Black Widow pulls the dossier on the clown assassin and gives it to Clint. The clown learns that Clint doesn't actually own the building, so he doesn't need to play around with him anymore. The clown and the tracksuits show up to the building and fighting ensues. The clown stabs Clint in the head and shoots Barney in the chest. Issue 19. The stuff what don't get spoke. Clint and Barney get out of the hospital worse for the wear. Clint has lost his hearing again, and Barney is now in a wheelchair. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Barney is taking it better than Clint. Causley welcomes Ivan back to the country, and they start getting, uh, start. Spell check strikes again. Um, and they start, they start getting back to taking the building back for the Draculas. Anyway, <laughs> I can't even blame my handwriting. <laughs> it's on Google Docs. Anyway, uh, we see that Barney and Simone are a really cute couple, and Clint continues to wallow, but Barney gets through to him. <laughs> Harshly, but he gets through to him, and he rallies the tenants, and they are going to defend the building together. But first, Clint and Barney decide to raise some trouble. It ends with lots of Dracula stuff broken and burning. All right, issue 21. Just trying to read ahead a little bit. Real Bravo. Clint shows Barney all the money. Clint goes to his apartment. Jess is there, and they talk for a few minutes. They seem to make up and kiss. She leaves, and the tracksuit bros show up. The bros are trying to get into the building, but it has been turned into the Home Alone House of Horrors. Some of the the bros finally get in, but Amy crashes Clint's challenger into them and blocks the door. Some more can't get in the way. 
in that way. Clint and the, what'd you call him? The clown face? I called him the mime. Clint and the mime are fighting when the old lady sneaks up and knocks Clint out with the bat. Clint wakes up on the roof with Barney there. They're getting beat up by one of the, the bros when Barney gets loose and uh, he is stabbed in the back. Then Clint holds him while he dies. Then Lucky shows up with an arrow. All right. Issue 22, the finale that doesn't have a title. Cherry is in Clint's apartment opening the safe from way back in volume two when Ivan and the clown show up. Clint and Lucky bust in and then there's a standoff. Meanwhile, Kate has shown up and fights her way up to the apartment. Kate stops Cherry from killing the clown who then shoots Lucky the pizza dog. Clint and the clown fight their way out of the room and Kate puts cuffs on Ivan. The clown has Clint dead to rights, but Kate steps in at the last second and saves his life. They team up and finally take the clown out. The rest of the tenants show up and run off all of the other tracksuit Draculas. After everything wraps up, we learn Barney's not dead and he made his escape earlier and took all of Clint's basement money. Yep. <laughs> basement money. A lot of basement money. <laughs> Those Barton boys. <laughs> I know it. And he's an Avenger. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Barney, didn't he do um he was trick time? shot. He was trick shot? Well, when they did the Dark Avengers, was wasn't he? Didn't he pretend to be Hawkeye? No, no that, was, that was Bullseye, wasn't it? Yep, it was Bullseye. Hmm. I thought he pretended to be Hawkeye for a I while. I thought there was a reference in the beginning of the issue or of the volume he, he, that said something about him being Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've got a fuzzy memory about that. Anyway, <laughs> I've got fuzzy memories about a lot of things. <laughs> it's a family tradition. <laughs> Anyway, uh, now it's time for the graphically novel pyramid, the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. And the first of these is story. And uh, due to this book having six six issues in it, Sam, it is back to you being story again. Yeah, appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) You You don't get the new story every. I mean, uh, uh, art every week, bro. I know. I hardly ever get art, anyways. Anyhow. It works out poorly for you. No, it works out great, actually, for you all. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like, like the story, and I want to, as a whole, the whole story is great. makes complete sense. And then this volume, the breakdown of it, like the wrap-up, it's all from Clint's, because the volume before that, we had Kate. So this volume's all Clint's, whatever. And uh, I wanted to mention it before I forgot. Her taking Lucky didn't have no effect on his story. Like he went, like he went missing it. I always want to talk about it, but it didn't affect him really, because he got Barney in return. But uh, I liked the story. I liked, I liked how it flowed. It didn't. I didn't feel like it jumped around a whole bunch. I felt like it could have been this run as is, and uh, it's just fraction wrapping up the whole the bro tracksuit Dracula nonsense that was going on. So I think he ended it really well. I think it all flowed good. And there's like, I think there's one volume, I can't remember which one it was, but it was like, almost like five, six pages, nothing, no, no, I guess when he first went deaf, there was no actual thought bubbles or whatever. So it was just them to like sign and fighting and all that, whatever it was. It still worked. It was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was the um, issue, the third one, I think. Third one, yeah. 
Thanks yeah, so and uh, there's there's no dialogue in that until Barney leaves Clint and goes and talks to Simone. That's the first like you know printed dialogue in the whole book. Yeah, but it, it was it was still good. Like it still he still got. Oh yeah. The story still went through just by the art, so it, it was done really well. Yeah, I, I almost didn't care for that. I felt like Fraction was trying stuff in this run of Hawkeye. So we had a dog issue. We had an issue where he's doing a lot of sign language and. I didn't think that come off as well as the uh, Lucky the Pizza Dog issue did. Because not knowing much sign language, if any, uh, I was kind of lost a little bit on what was going on. Uh, at least when we had the story from Lucky's point of view, we were getting icons. We could kind of see what was going on. We were aware of what he was thinking, what he was seeing. The sign language stuff, just I don't think it came across very well. I thought it still worked, but at the Lucky's issue worked. Like a house on fire. I mean, it was right. yeah. whether that part of the story made sense or not. The the mechanics of seeing it from Lucky's perspective worked, I think, way better yeah. than than what we got in this volume. Yeah, there is, there is still the the falling off the building, you know, <laughs> <laughs> teleportation business. You know, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with Sam. I I like this storyline. I like getting to see Barney. I like getting a little bit of Clint's past and seeing. Not necessarily why he is the way he is, but seeing some of his upbringing and uh, I thought it was good. I, I I wish one of my nitpicks is we would have got a little bit more explanation on the machine gun grandma because you see her at the end with Cherry sitting by, by, behind her and the main tracksuit guy. Were they is that their granddaughter? Are they related? Is she did they not see her back there? Is she following the gra- them? Was the grandma living there on purpose? I mean, was she a plant just to give the clown away? I, I felt like that really should have been wrapped up a little better. I, I, I That left me with way more questions than any kind of answers. I, I thought I'll Barney... Th- oh, go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. So I, I think all three of those, the Cherry, the AK grandma, and the tracksuit Dracula guy, I think they were all in on it together. They was all trying to get the buildings, and it fell apart, so they are just leaving to go to another town and start over. That's how I took it. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'll I, I buy that. Yeah, I mean, I, that that last that last scene with with the three of them was confusing. I yeah. thought. Um, I felt like Barney could have been set up a little better too, because like for the purposes of the store of this of this story, he shows up pretty late in the game, and then like he's super like important to how the thing plays out, and like one of the big emotional moments at the end is at the very end with him and Simone and all that, and I like. <clears throat> it's like a rule of storytelling. You don't bring in like a main character with almost no time left in the story. And they pretty much did that with Barney. And I, I would have liked to seen Barney peppered in more throughout the story. Um, but I, I did think that ha- having Barney be like sort of the, the key to unlock what's wrong with Clint, like why he is the way he is. I thought like that worked really well. Um, and, and having that part of the story happen later in the day, like we see, you know, Clint, you know, relationship-wise, emotionally, just being a mess. And we see how that plays out in his life. And then right before um, the big, like, plot, you know, wrap-up, we see the emotional wrap-up, you know, of, of, you know, why why he became, you know, this guy who keeps everybody at arm's length and pushes people away. We get to see that because of his childhood before he really starts learning lessons. I, I feel like that, that part of it played out better. But we could have had Barney, you know, all throughout the story making cryptic comments. Um, and just kind of showing up or being on the phone. I, I would just like, we needed more Barney. 
but and, and then still have the flashbacks when we get him in that Frank Avia issue. I thought yeah. it would that that part would have played out a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Would work like prank calling him or something in the middle of the night, on him chicken butt or something. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked that. Um, I I, I still think this read better monthly. Um, because it feels like well, this one, it feels like it kind of wraps up a little bit fast. But if but if you if you but if you're sliding one of those Kate Bishop issues in between every one of these, it really builds the anticipation, and it's like a, it's like a slower build. And you're just like every even even as you're enjoying the Kate issues, you're like, man, I gotta get back to the tracksuit Dracula's and Clint's big confrontation. And it really it, the anticipation was unreal, and it made that last issue that like a gigantic payoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I, see that. I'll probably go back maybe six, twelve months and reread this as by issue number just to see how it hits after I've had a little bit of time away from it and see if that increases my score at all. I, you know, and I think this volume read better than Kate's. Like Kate's felt like it was kind of jumbled, kind of the timeline was kind of screwy on hers. But this one, I, I think, without you know, because this was all clean, it was just his run or whatever. I think it, it read better as a volume than hers did. Yeah, there. That makes sense. There yeah. was one time where I got a little confused on what time frame stuff was happening in is when uh, in. Uh, Issue 15, when the tracksuits first catch Clint with his pants literally down on the street. Because, and then you see that play out, and Barney throws the trash can lid, and, and you know they fight him off. Well, I think a couple issues later, you come back to Clint with his pants down, and the clowns show up, or the tracksuits show up. But I feel like the dialogue's a little bit different than at first encounter. But I felt like that was the same encounter, and we were just seeing what happened directly after that. Uh, I got a little confused on that. I think there's some jumping around to that issue. There, there was a little bit kind of bouncing around. Uh, not, not as bad as it was uh, in earlier volumes, but they, they, he toned it down a little bit for this last, like you said, the big confrontation. Yeah, but I definitely think Fraction was experimenting a lot here, um, all, all throughout the series. Yeah, I think Aja was too. There's some, some, some wild art stuff going on. Yeah, but yeah. I almost made an art comment. I'm glad I did. <laughs> that's, well, that's all I've got on story. Uh, last thing I wanted to say is that they absolutely nailed the ending. It was a great ending. And yep. was, uh, for, as far as like how much we had come to just despise the tracks of Dracula's for them to get their comeuppance and the way that it happened. I mean, it was really, you know, really satisfying. Um, yep. Neighborhood watch got them. Yeah, I liked it. Art. I was thinking about when he, uh, when uh, Bobby was forging his name and Kate was talking to him or whatever <laughs> and he around in his, uh, his uh, gown or whatever his butt's hanging out in front of everybody. It's just a funny scene. Yeah, they had a complicated uh, marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure everything involving Clint Barton's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what wasn't complicated was the art because we got Aja back and I was glad. Uh, which we got Frank Avia was at issue 12. I think it was the first real issue we, we added. And I like it. I, I, I know we've discussed this in earlier volumes. I think Frank Avila did really good, especially with the, with the flashbacks, getting them when they're younger and stuff, because I think his his dramatic style works for that. 
you know, seeing an abusive parent with the kids like that dramatic style. I think it lends well to that type of story. So I, I thought I thought that worked really well. Uh, other than that, we got, you know, Aja back and I was I was pumped. He, he was there for, I think, all of it after that. And uh, I don't know what else to add that we haven't covered in the first three volumes. The the, the mood and the tone worked really well. Uh, I mean, the action was good. So I, 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 I was glad to be back on that and out of L.A. Yeah, back out of LA. Back to the <laughs> back, dark. Yeah, back out of LA. It was it was too bright and cheery there. I needed some doom and gloom. You missed the grime. <laughs> yep. It's like some Hell's Kitchen stuff going on there. Yep. So, um, on art, I want to jump in real quick right, before I forget what I was going to say. Brother. The only time I had a complaint, and it was it was Ajah's uh, art too. It was when uh, Clint was talking to Jace in the apartment, and they were like. He's talking about these things. And then they kiss. I thought that was Kate at first. She was drawn a lot like Kate there. Like, I was like, what? Type, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man. So, like, his Kate and Jess were real similar. So, the easiest way for me to tell part was with the purple. When Kate had her sunglasses and purple headband and shirt stuff on. But I, other than that, I thought they looked a lot alike. I do think there are similarities, but I think Aja is pretty consistent in drawing Kate Young. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I was saying I, I thought he'd draw Jess in that scene to look like Kate for some I, reason. I Maybe thought her face head. wasn't great. That was some I thought some of the yeah. worst face art in there was there was a couple panels. Her face didn't look great. Yeah. Well, that, I think he done phenomenal and everything. I was just confused in that one scene. I, I, I don't want to knock his art. I do like his art. His characters are distinct, like the... the the purple haired lady or pink haired whatever her hair was. I mean, his car, his buildings, everything he does is really well. And he did a good job not making Barney and Clint look too much alike, you know, with them being brothers yeah. and stuff. So they, they were definitely distinct. You know, you, you, you knew when you were looking at Barney and you knew when you were looking at Clint. So that was, that was good. Well, I'm, you're going to disagree with one of my comments in here. Um, I thought that the face art was top notch. Um, I thought that there was a lot like, this last book, there's a lot of like really emotional moments. Um, and I feel like he really nailed that really well. And all just pretty like his face stuff can be pretty subtle. And so you don't always get a lot of like, you know, big, loud emotions. If you look at page 118, um, I thought this was the best example. And it's when the uh, the battle at the apartment building has begun. And Deke is supposed to be watching. uh I had the energy. You guys hear my stomach? Goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> felt like Toby was growling outside. Um, but the, so at one eight, one eighteen, and the, the battles, they're just now beginning the assault and Deke is at the bottom of that page and he's supposed to be holding one of the doors and he draws the fear on Deke's face. So believably that you kind of, you can feel it, you know, empathy wise, you can feel with him. The fear he's feeling. Um, I thought that was a great example. I think, but I think there's a lot of that here. Like when when Kazi is threatening Ivan. I mean, and Ivan is scared. I mean, Ivan, look, I'm that big, you know, Russian mobster guy, wherever they're supposed to be from. Um, uh, he looks legitimately scared, you know. And so there's just a lot of those moments. Yeah, which I think we commented that on the uh, uh, volume two when he had uh, Black Widow and uh, Bobby and Jessica all sitting there when uh, cherry shows up and kisses clint like 
it's not a super detailed style for the face art, but he, he can get the expressions across really clearly. Uh, and yeah, there was no exception on, on, on this volume either. Yeah, I, I liked another really good set of facial expressions was when they were on that Avengers mission. And Clint is trying to get Jessica's attention. She's yes. just not having any of his nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, I like it all. Yep. And I, I, I was just confused. What my comment was, I was just confused who was who in that one panel because they really give you no subtext and like didn't say a name or nothing. See if 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 they had done these collections in a more chronological manner, there's yeah. no way you would have thought that because you know. Kate's in LA. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason I thought that too is I thought Kate was already back. Because like yeah. a couple pages before they was doing the funeral fa- flashback. Yeah. I, Kate talking to him. So I was like, I just kind of in my brain put it together. And I do like this version of Kate better than we had in the LA Woman volume. Like when she shows back up, I'm like, oh, that's the Kate I saw the first two volumes that yeah. I like. Because I think she does look a little bit younger. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the she's wearing her sunglasses all the time, or it's the hairstyle. I don't know. She just, for me, that's that's Kate. She's Bishop. more confident. She's more yeah. confident. Like she she shows up and the Ashford's like, uh, says uh, the girl's like, do we win yet? She's like, nope, we're about to though. And she's walking into the building like, yeah. she's gonna win, you know. So like that's that's Kate. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of slapstick comedy in the LA Adventures. It's yeah. it's just it feels like a slightly different Kate. All right, want to talk about the characters? And this is another hard corner of the pyramid to talk about because we're talking about the same characters we've been talking about <laughs> for three volumes already. Yeah. Um, you know, more, more Clinton Kate awesomeness. I mean, Kate's barely in here, but every time she's on the, you know, on the page, she's awesome. Um, the backstory I thought was the, as far as like character work, it was pretty much the best stuff in here. Um, le- learning what happened to Clinton Barney because Barney's messed up too. It's not as big and loud and obvious, but Barney's not. I mean, all of all of his stuff isn't all laid out. All I'm mixing metaphors. All of his ducks aren't in a row. It's pretty laid out. I mean, he he let he let the bros give him money so they he stand there get beat up by them. Yeah, it's kind of five dollars you can punch me in the face. Like that's not somebody a good place in their life usually won't do that. See, I thought that was a cover. I didn't think he was actually um, homeless. I thought I thought he was sort of scoping out the. I don't Dracula think he knew who this guy was. I mean, why, why would I mean? I think he well, already to talked to Clint, hadn't he? Yeah, would Clint tell me about that? Yeah, I don't think he was aware of it. And also, he let him come back and was going to let all of them beat on him for two hundred bucks. And it wasn't until they didn't give him the money that he got mad and beat him up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read that as some kind of ploy on his part. I thought he was yeah, just needed a oh. couple bucks, and I can take a hit, so I'll do it. Yeah. That's that's how I read it. See, I, I thought he knew what Clint had done with his money. And so he was scoping everybody out. Clint, I thought he'd contacted Clint. I thought he was checking out the bros, seeing what the whole deal was. Because Barney is smarter than he lets on. And and he's always, it feels like he's always got something going on in the background. Like the way he stole Clint's money at the end. Or right. stole back his money from Clint. Um, I, I wish they would have elaborated on that a little more. Uh, on Where Clint got that money. I didn't mention that in the story, but that yeah, he's stealing I mean, his money that back. That doesn't when when did, when did he do that? When did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Where did Barney get the money from in the first place? When did Clint steal it? Why did unless they have so much left? Unless that's the money from 
so volume from, one that he stole yeah, from the guys was. that was stealing from the criminals. If so, Barney was involved with that gang that he was fighting with back in. That that could have been cleared up a little. Yeah. Bit. Um. But I did I like the backstory with the family, um, family background, like their their interactions as kids. You know the, like you know, he, like it was cool that Barney was like trying to protect him and teach him, but also like that's messed up stuff for you to teach a little kid. You know that that's the that's the state of life you all are having to live right now. I mean that's it's tough sledding, and I it was it was very interesting, and it went a long way to explaining why Clint is so difficult to <laughs> to be around. Um, I also thought that the uh, the side characters got some really nice moments. Um, uh, Deke and the ponytail guy got to have some moments. Amy Amy even had some moments. Um, Simone got to be uh, in the book a little more and got to have more going on. I mean, I, I, I thought that was I mean, pretty interesting. Even the bros got to see a magic trick, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did want to point out in that regard. Clint said he broke his belt. Sweatpants don't have a belt; they have a drawstring, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Clint. Maybe he meant his drawstring. <laughs> he was walking around holding it the whole time. It's Clint. Drawstring, you know. Honest to goodness, I wouldn't be shocked if Clint tried to tried to put a belt on sweatpants. Yeah. Like I'll just cut little holes here and put my belt through. You know. <laughs> cut a, a basement belt. full of money. Just, just duffel bags of money laying in his basement. He can't buy a new pair of sweats with the <laughs> intact drawstring. Yeah, he looks more homeless than Barney did. <laughs> <laughs> And he owns a building. It's a basement full of money. Kind of, yeah. Like, dude, just go peel off a hundred and go buy like five pairs of sweatpants. Yeah. Anyhow, but yeah, I agree with you. I feel like this story was definitely a Clint story, but uh, Barney. I, th- I feel like Barney was a big inclusion on it. And that I'll say that that was the biggest character thing for me. I thought was Barney. I mean, you did see some of his more of his apartment people, like his neighbors, whatever. There was also in the first volume when you first maybe it was, I can't remember it was one of the other earlier volumes it was up there and he had grill was cooking so you got to see the apartment people but you got to see them a little more this time but yeah. it, I feel like Barney and Clint were the main ones this time. I mean Barney is so important in this last volume out of nowhere but but yeah. he does I, I don't even think he counts as a side character I mean he's, he's not super important yeah yeah without Barney I don't think Clint wins the war with the tracksuit Draculas. I don't think Kate shows up in time. I don't think Clint's going to manage on his own until Kate gets there. So I think he definitely plays a huge role in the story. If if Barney wasn't there, they would have gotten when his pants fell down. I mean, they wouldn't have seen the magic trick and he'd have been (laughs) in the van pantsless. (laughs) Well, and and when he gets stabbed upstairs, I mean, he wouldn't have survived that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a win here without Barney. Yeah. Yeah, so he he carries a lot of weight, and uh, it's okay because I like Barney. I like that character. Uh, I, I don't know about his past. Seems maybe a little bit sorted since he's running around with people who are robbing everybody to the point of millions of dollars that Clint then steals. So <laughs> their family's not great with you know not taking other people's money. Uh, but you still like Barney. Like I like Barney as a character. Like I like him. Like he 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 had some heart to the story. I think. Especially his relationship with Clint, because you get a brotherly feel from them. But you know, a lot of their dialogue's kind of heavy and dealing with some big stuff. But you still get the, the 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 brotherly interactions. You know, every time he calls him, every time Barney calls him, he 
guess what? Chicken butt. I mean, you get the goofy <laughs> jokes and stuff. Yeah, you, you you get the brother aspect. That was good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I liked Barney right off the bat, and I was glad he was in it. Uh, I kind of wish we'd got him in the earlier volumes a little bit. For one, yeah, to, to set him up as being a player in the story, but also just to get some more time with Barney because I like him and Clint. You know, I like his interactions. Uh, I, I feel like too he was kind of a stand-in for Kate. He was. I, yeah, because what there wasn't room for Barney in the early ones because it was the Clinton Kate show, and then it was the Clinton Barney show later. But um, I like them both. That would have been a funny, you know, <laughs> Three Stooges bit. Yeah, <laughs> Three Stooges totally. <laughs> All right, you want to give us more words? Yeah, let's do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, Sam, what is your best cover? Page 131, issue 22. I didn't write down what it was, so I don't even remember. We're going to see it together, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good one. It's the, it's the, it's, I, oh, I picked it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's with the, the sun and there's, it's clothes hanging on the uh, clothesline on top of a building. I like it's, it. and it's real sketchy. And I, I think it really works for that. It's just, it's just a really cool image. Yeah, red splotches on it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Got the Hawkeye shirt hanging, drying yeah. in the breeze over the apartment building, which looks really rough. <laughs> it's Clint's building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's. I had that one and another one written down. That was my first go to, so I agree with you guys. But the only other one, I didn't really particularly care for a lot of these. Uh, but issue 12 on page 25, while it's not the Hawkeye we get in the stories, like that's not the Clint Burton we're seeing, I thought that one was kind of cool with the bullseye in the background and the two bows. You know, I did like, like the bow stuff. I just didn't like his face now. Was I thought about yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's, it's not the Clint we're getting. It's not. Uh, but as far as just a cover, I thought that was the second best compared to the Hawkeye doing his laundry on the roof. But, but I'm with you. I, I I wasn't blown away by the covers in this volume. I thought these were the weakest covers of yeah. any of them. All right, Josh, who's your best character? Uh, it's got to be Barney. I'm assuming you guys are going to say the same thing because we've already think we've all individually cast Clint and Kate as the best character. So we got to change it up and go with Barney this time. Okay, I've got Clint down as my win. I wanted, I was, I was afraid that nobody would mention Barney, so apparently I read the room wrong when I was making my notes. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really enjoyed watching Clint change a little bit here, and maybe hopefully learn some lessons. Um, the, the scene with Jess where they kind of reconcile, and then at the end where we see maybe <laughs> some of it's going to stick. I thought that yeah. was pretty fun because Clint's been nothing but. You know, dumpster fire of a human for like, you know, 20 issues before then. So, yeah. But Barney stole the show. Yeah. Uh, speaking of change, I meant to ask this earlier. Uh, is the him using the hearing aids or the hearing devices, does that carry on with Hawkeye through the rest of the run? Or was that a temporary thing? Some writers forget. But yeah, he that is permanent. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure because I've not read much other Hawkeye, so I wasn't sure. If that Sometimes was they sticking around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I've read I've read Hawkeye stuff where he doesn't have a hearing aids and the times that he has them. But I I, th- I think he it's supposed to be there. Gotcha. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. Sam? I'll say Clint. I like Clint. I agree, I agree with Jamie. I'm glad Josh said Barney though. Barney's a really good close second. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd I'd already said Clint once, so I didn't want to didn't want to double up. I wonder if there's going to be a Barney in the in the uh, Disney Plus show. Mm. Oh, we'll find out. Fun. We'll find out. Interesting. We'll find out tomorrow, um, or today in podcast time. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up is best panel, and I'm going to go with page 137. Panel two, it's Kate and Lucky arriving in the most bad butt panel in the entire book. She looks so tough walking out of the haze. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Right. If you go Same. to page uh, 135, when she arrives and it's before the haze, just standing there, things on fire around her. with lucky. Panel five. Yeah, with her firebird. Yeah. Or the Trans Am. Yeah. Trans Am and the Challengers, blow whatever. Yeah. 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 I think I like that better. That whole scene was cool because you can see the building in her glasses. You know, it's like a tight close up of her glasses, and they zoom out. Yeah. Yeah, she looks super tough in both of those sections. All right, Josh. Well, I didn't pick either one of those. I had them written down. Is you're wrong. I had like a four-way tie, so those were two. <laughs> those are each two one of my picks. Uh, so we're going to go back to one that evoked to me a cringe moment. Uh, page one nineteen. Either panel one or panel the other big panel on the other side of the page. It's when Gil's dad is dropping the flaming charcoal down on yeah. the track suits, uh, or the next panel over has got uh, Clint shooting arrows down onto him. And I just saw that, and I was like, I can't imagine having all that flaming charcoal just landing yeah. on their backs. You know, they're in those tracks. <laughs> track that's just melting to their skin. I, I saw that, and I was just like, oh, man, that's rough. It's like middle times on the yeah, yeah. stuff. I thought it was um, the, the panel where Clint's shooting down. I thought that was pretty clever, the way they show him shooting through the charcoal. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then it going down into the tracks. Guys, I'm like, yeah. that. It's just a, a little subtle way to show, like, you know, Clint really might be the world's greatest archer. You know, yeah. I wish they would I, had combined those two panels into one and had Clint with the track suits down below him all together. Yeah, yeah. that was good yeah. stuff. I, I, th- I, I like that, but I think either one of the Kate ones you guys picked were probably the right answer. <laughs> I like how that old dude stand there just pouring this grill over. <laughs> Getting revenge for his boy. I like it. Uh, Sam, what was your best dialogue? All right, so I can't remember what I wrote. I didn't write in, nothing down about it, so we're going to do it again together. Page <laughs> 72, panel 2. It's an adventure. It is an adventure. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember what it is now. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, it's uh, when uh, Clint's talking to Bobby. He goes, pull the records of that strip club you busted up. He's like, how'd you know about that, Clint? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. What? I wasn't there for the girls. I was there for the guys. No, wait. <laughs> just Clint talking. It's like, he's like, no, wait. Clint. I wasn't there for the guys. <laughs> it's like he's never interacted with humans before. I mean, everything he does is so awkward. <laughs> it's like when I read that the first time I laughed in life, I had to go back and read it again. It's like, that's funny. <laughs> Clint. It's like he's got a third foot that just lives in his mouth. <laughs> every time he opens it, it's like he's got his foot in his mouth. Like he just <laughs> can't ever say the right thing. Uh, yep. All right. Josh, what's your best dialogue? 
All right. Uh, Sam, I think you mentioned it uh, earlier in your breakdowns on page 58. And I'm not going to read it because it's quite a bit of dialogue, but it's when Kate and Clint are riding to uh, Gil's funeral. And she's, you know, I tried not, I tried to pick a heartfelt moment this time and not just something funny Clint said, but she's talking, you know, between the two of us, we, we both want, are the person we want to be and together, you know, there's nothing we can't do. She's like, are you with me partner? And she looks over at him and he's just asleep dreaming about sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, I think, I think that was when Kate first started debating on going to LA. She's like, you know what? You know, I'm over here pouring my heart out to this guy. You know, I'm, I'm willing to let him yell at me and, you know, you do whatever you want because I know when it's my turn to fall apart, you'll be there for me. And he's just sleeping through, you know, her opening her heart to him. <laughs> thought that was good. Uh, well, you stole both of mine. So we're just going to move on. Sam got, my, Sam got my, my favorite funny dialogue and Josh caught the best meaningful dialogue. So. I didn't even write anything else down. So we're going to have to move on now. All right, Josh, what's your best favorite? Uh, no, your best full page spread. All right, I had two written down. I'm just going to go with the first one I have listed here, and it's a Francovia panel. It's on page 44. Sorry, not panel. Page, yeah, 44. It's, uh, it's when uh, Clint's parents die, and you can see the cars all crashed up, and there's flames. You know, I, I like the color. Uh, Looks like a pretty graphic car wreck they got across. That was some high speed. But then in there's like uh, bloody shards of glass, I'm assuming, flying through the air. And you can see like his mom and his dad in there. And there's like a bottle of whiskey. And just when that one page you get that it was a horrific death for him and that it was his drunk dad's fault. Like they, they gathered all that without any dialogue or nothing. And I thought that was a really well done page. Yeah, I had a two way tie. And that was that was one of them. Uh, and once again, it's just Frank Avia being awesome at melodrama. Yeah, I mean that that could be like a five episode arc of a soap opera, all in one full page spread. I mean it's yep. yeah, it's great. Um, so since Josh stole half of my tie, I'm gonna go for to page 109 for the other half of the tie, and I just titled this Clinton Barney Rick stuff. That um, <laughs> was good. They have completely wrecked the underground mobster uh, casino. There's a deaf you know, guy and a guy in a wheelchair. Just ruined yeah. her day. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just love it. You know, Barney just casually got a couple of cans of gasoline, you know, laying there. Like, we're not done wrecking stuff. Not even close. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Clint's all Barney's, messed up. His suit's all torn. He's got, you know, band-aids everywhere. Yeah. I just noticed for the first time that Barney's rolling around with an extra quiver of arrows on the back of his wheelchair. <laughs> and Clint's carrying two. Like, they're he's, he's slinging some arrows. Yeah. Right, Sam. That's a good one. And that one was a different one. And I actually put a title for this one for my notes. And it's on page 88. And I put Barton's Down. Yeah. I, I picked this one. Me, I, me, I I... Go ahead. No, go ahead. What did you going to say? I was going to say me and you were on the same wavelength. Because that was my other one. I had page 88. And I titled it Hot Guys Down. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember what it was. I just thought it looked like it was a chessboard. And like the two pieces, main pieces are down. When we're fighting the bad guys, I thought it was a symbolic full page. Yeah, that's a good one. It was too sad, though. I didn't want to pick it. Yeah. It's too much of a bummer. Well, we know they survive. I mean, your your, your pick shows us that. <laughs> Fair. All right. Um, 
Best surprisingly emotional moment is our last award. And I'm going to go for page 113. And it was the panel that Sam thought that Clint was making out with Kate. And it's when, you know, Hawkeye and, and, and Jess reconcile. And he's 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 learning some stuff, you know. He's he's realized why he pushes people away. And he doesn't want to do that anymore. And my, my favorite thing there is that um he's i guess he's got kind of a goal now of what how he, what he wants to do with his life and relationships and he says um jess my old man he and then he just pauses he says i think i want to be the person all of you people seem to think i am and so like clint's clint's figuring out some stuff and i thought it was a really cool moment that's a good one for real all right so my turn yep same go Right, I'm so, pretty sure you were born next. Yeah, I was. So it's, on, <laughs> it's, it's it's after the funeral, Grill's funeral, and Steph calling his dad, Grill's dad. Oh, it was before the funeral. Anyways, I lost my timeline. Anyways, he goes to, to his Grill's dad and gives him a hug on the beach, and he says, "I just didn't want him to hear about it on the phone." Is all I didn't want him to be alone. Anyway, give the old man a hug. So I thought that was a really emotional one. Like as yeah. before the funeral, obviously. Josh. And I'll wrap it up with the uh, the second time Barney dies uh, up on the rooftop after he gets stabbed when he comes off the uh, when they're getting beat up on the rooftop. And uh, yeah, I think he got stabbed in the back or something. And uh, Clint picks him up and he does the guess what chicken butt one last time. Like thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's. We're going to have to start calling him Black Widow. So it's twice we thought he was dead in the same volume and he's back alive. <laughs> uh, if 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 Lucky hadn't pulled through, that would have when Lucky got shot, that would have been the. Well, they done that slightly, too, because I thought he was gone. Like on my reread going back through, it's like, oh, there he is in the panel. They don't have him like in the panel, kind of in the background accessory. Like there's there's Lucky. He made it. Yeah, I was worried about yeah. the little guy for a while. Yeah, I missed it, too. I went back because if he hadn't been in it, I wasn't going to mention it in my breakdown that he got shot. I was just going to let that slide by and not bring it up because it would be too sad. <laughs> well, speaking of sad, you want to cast this thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, he was the saddest cast in just a second. Uh, Sam Hoosier, Barney Barton. Yeah, I'm so torn right now. I got two. Pick your least wrong answer. Sebastian Stan. It's not bad. It's not bad. Winter Soldier. He's yeah. already in MCU, but I feel like he fit in good with with the the Barney character. Okay, Josh. I think I can one up you on that one. Uh, this we may have to hop in the time machine for like a decade back. Uh, Sean Bean. You'll believe it when he does the death scene because he dies and everything. <laughs> You'll totally buy that. So then when he's not dead at the end, that'll hit real. That'll be an actual surprise. Uh, but there's two death scenes. I mean, yeah, is, he's supposed to be about what ten years older than Clint from from the scenes to flashbacks. I, I was picturing him as a teenager and Clint was maybe not quite, but uh, that big age difference. But he's definitely older than Clint, and I can see Sean Bean, you know, looking kind of homeless getting beat up by people for money I, i'd be in on that but then when he, he turns dies out for that, money all the time and yeah but then when he turns out you know be capable of fighting and he beats people up i'll i'll buy that too Bormer will beat people up all day 
Ned Stark. Yeah. Sean Bean, man, for the win. I, I kind of agree. I've got a contender. Michael Fassbender. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, I can see Fassbender being a good big brother, but also being kind of shady. Being Magneto. He's done so yeah. good as Magneto, yeah. Yeah, like he's pretty shady. Yeah. He's lockable, but he's shady. I can see Fastbender being lockable, but shady. Easily. If the time machine runs out of gas, I'll give you the win. Okay. If we've got access to the time machine, I'm claiming that one. And also, Fastbender's an amazing actor. Yeah, he really is. Jeez. All right, uh, Josh, <laughs> who's your Ivan? Ivan. Uh, I'm going with Rory McCann. You'll know him as the Hound from Game of Thrones. Yeah. He was in uh, Hot Fuzz. He was the guy that kept saying Yarp. (laughs) Yeah. I got you now. Just a big dude, you know. He can be intimidating, but, you know, I can buy him being goofy. You know, he's got to get scared by somebody else or has to deliver some of those goofy bro lines. I think he can do it. But Ivan's the intimidating one. Yeah. He's the bald guy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, this guy played the hound. He can do intimidating all day long. Yeah. Damn, so you didn't can't. watch Game of Thrones. Sam, no. you know the hound. I've yeah, seen him say Yarp a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he can, so can kind of do, I mean, we got to admit, Ivan's a little bit goofy. It's kind of a goofy character. Anyway, I'm also throwing shade because it's probably a pretty good pick and I wanted to win. So I picked Oleg Toktorov. He is a former UFC fighter, so we know he's officially tough. Uh, he was in Predators. He was in National Treasure. He hasn't yeah, had a I, lot I like of... Him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's actually Russian. He's a big, tough guy. Um, there's actually a couple of pictures on IMDb where he's actually got the mustache. And he just... He looks yes. the part. Genuine tough guy. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Both of y'all got really good answers. All right, Josh. Who'd you have for Deke? <laughs> is it that bad no it's not that bad mine's actually pretty good I thought but y'all I think both y'all are better than mine uh, Carl Roden I think that's how you say his last name he played Rasputin in the original Hellboy movie the bald guy he's kind of on the small side though isn't he I mean we got superhero stories going around everywhere in MCU that's true Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. You're in third place on that. I, know. I knew I was. Yeah. I thought I was really good. All right. Um, next up is Deke. And I'm going to go with Lamorne Morris, uh, most famously from New Girl. But he had a really entertaining turn in Bloodshot. Probably the best part of the movie. Um, and I just think he's a really likable guy. And I think he would bring that to Deke. Yeah, that's good. It's actually really good. I I just went with Donald Glover. I thought he'd be funny. I could see him saying the door lines and trying to run. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably too big a star now to be in that smaller role, but. Eh. He still did. Yeah. I'm happy for him to get work. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I consider Donald Glover, uh, but I'm kind of with you, Jamie. I I think he might be too big for that role. Uh, So I decided on uh, Michael Ely. You'll know him from a TV show, Almost Humans, with Carl Urban. Uh, Nobody knows him from that. 
I do. Sam, Sam does. I was Nobody but Sam. favorite show. He was canceled. in. I cannot remember what it's called. Uh, he was in a movie with uh, Dennis Quaid recently. He was in the Underworld. He was a detective in the third Underworld yeah, movie. Yeah, he, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he, he just for whatever reason never seemed to break into leading leading man roles. I don't know why, but he's one of those guys. Like, yeah, I know yeah, that guy. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you look at his work. And you're like, yeah, I've saw a couple of these things, yeah. but then you're like, wow, he's been in you know 500 things. This dude works a lot. Just, yeah, he was in that movie it. with uh, I think it was Idris Elba, Hayden Christensen, where they were stealing stuff. They were like heist guys or whatever. Takers? Takers, yeah. He was in yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah. He's Dorian, yeah. by the way, from So I Don't With Me. <laughs> All right. I think that's a win for me. Um, next up is Amy. Uh, Sam, who do you have for Amy? I've done this one because I just watched her in a movie. Uh, but Kristen Wiig. I like Kristen Wiig. I don't see Amy as Kristen Wiig. She could be funny. Amy's not really that funny, though. She, I said she could be funny. They could oh. change the character a little bit. All right. Josh, did you have for Amy? Well, I went with somebody because I'm thinking Bike Messenger, and I got the feel that Amy was supposed to be kind of young, so I was going for a younger vibe than Kristen Wiig. Uh, I'm going with Maisie Williams from New Mutants. She's yeah. Arya Stark, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. The same pick she picked up on yet, Jamie. No, I haven't. Michael mm-hmm. Ely's not in. Well, it's the one. And my next one's not in Game of Thrones either. I almost okay. did. I struggled. I started for a thing and lost it. So. All right, anyway, so I went with Juno Temple. Um, she's most famous now for having been uh, Keely on uh, Ted Lasso. But she's been in a lot of stuff, mo- mostly you know, British shows. But she just has a really sort of fun vibe that she brings to everything she does. And she's really good not being a main character, but stealing scenes. Um, just having small but memorable moments. And she's spunky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Since we're not recasting people, we're trying to be different every episode. Uh, our, <laughs> our next up is Hippie Neighbor. <laughs> he he of the ponytail. Um, who never ever got a name. Uh, Josh, who do you have for Hippie Neighbor? Hippie Neighbor. I'm probably going with the on the nose pick. I'm going with Jeff Bridges, the original, the dude. The different kind of hippie. Yeah. Yeah, but he's in like five panels. I mean, we could make him whatever kind we want, just with the long hair and laid back. I like Jeff Bridges too, so. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Ethan Hawke. He's an he's an older guy now. Um, he's quirky, um, I, and I I could absolutely see him just saying this guy's lines. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, Sam. I went for a nostalgia pick. I picked Topher Grace because he's older now. I ain't saying he's old, but he's older now. He's gonna play that kind of hippie character again. The ponytail. The only reason I picked him. That'd be funny. All right, it's not bad. All right, so wild card round. Um, I'm going to go with the Barton dad, who I don't think ever got a name. I'm going to go with David Duchovny. Okay. He's an, old, he's an older guy now. He's kind of grizzled, if you've seen anything recently. And um, 
I watched the X Files movie X-Files, recently. Yeah. I guess I don't know why that's why you picked it. And it was kind of in my head. And he had some real angry scenes in that movie. It kind of reminded me of some of those really intense moments from the show. And I'm like, yeah, it was just kind of like, last dude I saw real angry and believed it. David Duchovny. <laughs> the hand model. <laughs> it's a hand jockey, mama. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of those face and body boys. <laughs> I completely forgot he was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's our, yeah, that's our random movie reference, Zoolander. (laughs) There he is. bingo card. (laughs) (laughs) I say him what's your wild card. Pass it by on the street, did you pick? Okay, so page 156, panel (laughs) three. The panel he's in. Panel three, I picked Frank Grillo. (laughs) For the negative man? No, the you got kind of the top one, then go one two. Oh, okay, I see. French guy, isn't that the guy they robbed on the boat in volume one? No, that that's the guy on the the row below him, the funny hat. Oh yeah, okay. That was the the swordsman guy that the title, right? Yeah. So Frank Gorillo for that guy though. He's only in this, in this one for one panel. Okay. I almost cast the guy at the restaurant that was eating that in the background. I, <laughs> I was going to do John Goodman for him because it kind of looks like John Goodman. That's my other wild card I wanted to mention. Like, you see half the guy in a in a one panel. John Goodman. Okay. Josh? That's my two, my two wild cards, sorry. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm casting for one of the other tracksuit Draculas. Uh, this may not be a character that actually exists. But I'm thinking like a boss level tracksuit guy, huge guy that comes in that Barney and Clint have to fight. And, you know, they get a moment where they see how big he is and they look at each other and then they start fighting. I'm going with half Thor Bjornsson. He played the mountain in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Told you Game of Thrones not going. I was That's trying. more obscure than Sam. You're making up guys who never appeared in the thing. <laughs> Sam's at That's least picking stupid. people that appear. We did four volumes of the same run. I get a pass on a wild card pick. <laughs> It's a bros. He was there somewhere. We're, adapt- we're adapting this to a film that's that would be an existing character that we can modify to fit that. Ivan is the big bro, bro. No, he's the smart one. We need a muscle one. We need just a big guy. There are no smart ones. He's the big one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the bigger. Yeah. <laughs> bro. Jeez. <laughs> Well, I think maybe we're finally done with Hawkeye. So now we just get to watch the enjoy the show and make uh, and be that snotty comic book guy. He's like, well, it's different than the comic book. Yeah, um, totally yeah. Comic book's always better, right, guys? But anyway, um, cool. <laughs> I'm actually excited for the show. I, I think it's got a chance to be. I do too. Awesome. Um, uh, those trailers kind of knock my socks off, so I'm really excited about it. But we're back to our rotation, and we're leaving Hawkeye alone because he's made enough of, of a mess of his life without our help. So, Sam, tell us what you're, you're up next. Tell us what your pick is for our next episode. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it's Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 1. I just can't, I can't remember the name title. Family Matters. Family Matters. Okay, I don't have volume one. 
There it is. Never mind. You want me to read the? Uh, you want me to read the summary for I you? Just found it. I okay. found it. It was okay. I got like a hundred books over here. <laughs> I'm scrolling through it while y'all are talking. We got to quit reading Hawkeye because it's starting to bleed over in <laughs> real life here. We got a train wreck going on. <laughs> All right, so Invincible, Volume 1, Family Matters. I got it. Thank you. All right, so this is a long summary, and here we go. Four issues. Mark Grayson is just the mo- just like most everyone else his age. He's a senior at a normal American high school. He has a crappy part-time job after school on weekends. He likes girls quite a bit, but doesn't quite understand them. He enjoys hanging out with his friends and sleeping late on Saturdays. At least until the good cartoons come on. The only difference between Mark and everyone else is that his father is the most powerful superhero on the planet. And as of late, he seems to be inheriting his father's powers. Which sounds okay at first, but how do you follow in your father's footsteps? When you know, you will never live up to his standards. Does this issue get on the ground floor because all starts here? Strange things begin to happen to Mark Grayson as he begins to develop in superpowers. Luckily, his dad is around to show him the ropes. At least he would be if he weren't so busy saving the world all the time. Mark is forced to go out on his own and try to figure out how all his superhero business works. The results are monumental disaster, at least until he gets the hang of it. Watch Mark thwart thieving supervillains, alien invasions, and sort sorts of craziness. All sorts of craziness. That's some four issues. I know. There's almost all four issues right there. And now we're back to get it wrong. So we did a whole month of Hawkeye, just to, and timed it perfectly for the, for the show to come out. And now we're doing Invincible six months after the show stopped airing. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the tie-in. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I only had it on the list for like a year or something. <laughs> I feel like we're going so. the uh, broken clock method where we just get it right every once in a while. Well, we got it right once in but, three years, uh, so. Also, the Invincible that's written by Robert Kirkman, so that's a good pull yeah. for anybody that's not familiar with Invincible. This is a Kirkman story, so you know you're yeah, in for a treat. This is his other big one. The Walking Dead yeah. is what he'll always be remembered for. Yeah, Invincible's the the runner. That's what it, that's the that's the second thing that'll be on the the byline. All right, fellas, I think we're done with this thing. Thanks. So. On to Invincible. Salute. All right. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Switzerland. I looked on, I Googled it in the internet thing, and they uh, didn't really say.